Notice the word addition to all as well. In addition to all of this, that's important, guys. Anytime the Bible is trying to point something out like this, in addition to all of this, this is very important that you catch this. So it's very important that we catch the shield of faith. Very, very important. That's what Paul's trying to get across here. I want to go back and look at the words take up, okay? Take up, these are action words, right? These are action words. In other words, it's, it's your responsibility to take the shield of faith. God's not just going to hand it to you. He's telling you to take it. He's given it to you, but it's your job to take it. Remember that. What does the shield of faith look like? Uh, you know, what was Paul trying to give us a mental picture of? Uh, if you Google, you know, the shield of faith, something, you know, will pop up that kind of looks like, like this. Pop, throw that first one up there. I mean, that's what it looked like, right? Like, it's real pretty. It's, it's, it's blue, you know. It's real cool looking, right? Like, there's no scars on it. There's nothing on it, right? Go, go to the next one, Nick. When we think of shield of faith, we probably think of the first picture. But you got to understand, again, Paul's sitting in a jail cell when he's writing this letter. He's looking at Roman soldiers. This is what a Roman soldier's shield looks like. Doesn't look like the first one. Looks like this. It's made of wood. It's wrapped in some type of animal skin. And the cool part about it is, is that they dip it in water before you actually go into battle. It's also four foot by two and a half feet, okay? They would crouch behind it, right? It would kind of be like this pulpit. I mean, you could get behind it and cover yourself. A lot of y'all, if you, who's seen the movie 300? Okay, great movie, great movie. So, so you, you know, the part where they all get together, they put their shields around each other, and they're completely covered. Okay, that's what this shield was made for. You could all get together, combine it, and it would protect all of the soldiers. Why was it soaked in water? Why, why? Don't jump ahead of me. Now you're messing the whole sermon up. Let's go. Okay, I want to go back to 416, Nick. 416. To extinguish all the flaming arrows from the evil one, right? So y'all understand that. I mean, if you soak it in water, that's why it's animal hide that you've got on there. It keeps it wet. It keeps it moist to where if that arrow does strike the shield, it will take the fire out. Right? I love how Paul really implemented all this stuff. What God's trying to tell you here is no matter what kind of fire you're facing, whether it's a financial fire, a family fire, or a physical fire, the shield of faith can extinguish it. Another good way to kind of describe the shield of faith, uh, you know, I'm a movie guy. Who's seen Apollo 13 in the 90s, right? Great movie, right? Okay. Apollo 13, if you'll remember at the end of Apollo 13, is they're coming into the Earth's atmosphere. Uh, there's a shield that's on the front of the cockpit. You know, it covers the cockpit. And that shield, you'll see it in the movie, you know, there's fire going all around it, right? But it's blocking it from the actual people in the ship, correct? That's what the shield of faith is like. It's exactly what it's like. And the shield of faith... If you take it up with you, if you take it and you carry it with you, you're not going to get burned up in the atmosphere of chaos that you're going to face daily. Again, like Apollo 13. Now, okay, I want to talk about the word faith. You know, I've given you, all, I think, a decent example of what the shield of faith looks like, kind of purpose, so forth. But 
I want to talk about the word faith because this is, I'm going to spend some time on this. That word really needs to be clarified because a lot of people use it the wrong way. Okay? There's a difference between belief and faith. Okay? I'll say it again. There's a difference between belief and faith. We can't get them confused. Faith is belief in action. That's what faith is. Okay? As a Christian, who do we believe in? Y'all can answer this question. Who do we believe in? Jesus, right? Okay. Jesus. That was really quiet. Who do we believe in? Jesus. Amen. What is Jesus? The truth. Amen. So, really, faith is acting on truth. I'm going to give you a visualization of this. Pull that up for me, Nick. Faith is belief in action, like we talked about that earlier. Belief equals Jesus. Jesus equals truth. So really, faith is acting on truth. Truth. Faith is acting on this. We've gone right back to the belt of truth again, right? If you haven't figured this out so far, I know I've still got one more sermon in this series, but I'm going to go ahead and ruin it for everybody. If you haven't figured out the armor of God, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's what we stand on. If you stand on the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will have the full armor of God on. It all goes back to the truth, which again is Jesus. When we as Christians struggle, we immediately think we have to go find more faith. We need to find more truth. It's not faith. We need to find more truth. Truth is what gives you the faith. We always try to, I don't know about y'all, but I try to muster up more faith, right? Like, like I'll, you know, I need something. I want something done. You know, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I got, I got, I got to get there, and I'll, I'll be praying. I'm like, God, just, you know, give me a little more faith, and I'll, I'll just be, like, visualizing it in my head. Like, it's going to happen. This is what it's going to look like. And, and I'll just constantly think, I'm just going to pray about this all the time. I'm going to think about it all the time. And I'm going to do everything in my power, my power, to get me more faith. It don't work that way. It doesn't work that way. I know some of you may have been taught that way but I'm fixing to teach you the true way to faith. We just need to have the faith, guys, that God has already given us in his truth. When you're struggling with faith, your prayer shouldn't be, God, give me more faith. It should be, God, help me find the faith you have already given me in your truth. Not more faith. God's already given you faith. Jesus said it himself in Matthew chapter 17 when he said that, you know, all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed. You know, you can move mountains. You tell this mountain, move from here to there and so forth. That's all the faith you need, right? Like that's what Jesus said. But I think a lot of people mess up on that because a lot of people think, okay, if I just have that much faith, but think if I had this much faith. Okay, that's not how this works, okay? What Jesus was really trying to tell everybody was, 
all you need is a little faith in a lot of me. All you need is faith in me the size of a mustard seed. That's all it takes. Quit worrying about trying to get more faith and worry about me. I'm fixing to shake some of y'all right here and don't trip out. Let me finish this sermon. Faith does not get God to move. Now hang on. I know some of y'all are like, Michael, you crazy. Because that's all I've ever been taught. Faith accesses what God has already moved. He's already moved. He's done the moving. It just needs to be accessed. Faith accesses what God has already promised us. He's already given it to us. But we still want to go muster up some more faith. He's given you the faith. You just got to go find it. God's already moved. The problem is a lot of us haven't. That's the problem. If you're a child of God, again, he's already given you all the faith you need. You just, you got to access it, guys. You have to access that faith. Quit asking for more faith and start looking for more Jesus. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith. This verse tells me that if we have all the faith we need, and it comes from Jesus Christ, excuse me, it's all the faith we need, and it does come from Jesus Christ. So when you think you're lacking some faith, that should be a big sign that you're really lacking some Jesus. When you're down and you're struggling and you need that extra faith, don't try to muster up more faith. Go back to Jesus. Continue to build that relationship. Go back to the truth. Guys, all the faith we need is the belief of the truth. All the promises that he's given us is in this truth. But so many times we think that we need more faith. If you, all you need, the only faith that you need is faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ does the healing. Jesus Christ performs the miracles. Jesus Christ can take any situation that you're in and make it good. We don't do that. It's the Holy Spirit working through us that does that. So all you need is faith in Jesus Christ. You know, I said in the beginning that, you know, faith is belief in action. All you have to do is, is believe in Jesus Christ. Believe that book. Believe the promises that he's given you. And the faith will fall. It, it'll be there. It'll fall into place. We work so hard at trying to muster up more faith. It's already been given to us. There are many instances in the Bible where people ask Jesus for more faith, and he continues to tell them, quit focusing on the faith and focus on him. The perfect story of this is, is Peter walking on water, right? When Jesus was walking on the water, you know, Jesus sends them to the storm. 
They're out on the boat. Storm comes. Jesus is out there walking. They freak out. They think it's a ghost. He says, no, it's me. It's the Son of God. And then he says, you know, Peter's like, if it's you, tell, you, you know, t- tell, tell me to come to you. He says, come to me. Peter gets out. He starts walking on the water. And then all of a sudden, something happens. Go to Matthew 14, 29 through 30 for me, Nick. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. He began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Now, I need you to catch this one word. But when he saw the wind, why is he looking at the wind? He took his eye off Jesus. When you're in a situation where there's storms around you and everything's falling apart, Jesus is literally standing there and he's looking at you and he's saying, look at me. Keep your eyes on me. Quit worrying about all the crap around you. Quit worrying about trying to muster up more faith to get through those storms. I'm here. I calm the storms. Look at me. I'm extremely guilty of this. I'm not going to sit up here and lie to you guys. I'm really good at trying to figure out how to get more faith. Notice I said trying. And every time that I get on my knees and I'm struggling with something, and I'm praying to him about giving me more faith, he just says, listen to me. Look at me. I'm all you need. Quit getting caught up in the busyness of the world, warriors, and focus on him. <laughs> Guys, this was something that God threw at me this morning. I was, I was asking him this morning, like, God, how can I explain how stupid we are about not having enough faith. And he gave this to me. It was right as the sun was coming up. And I saw the sun. And he said, Micah, every night you go to bed. And when you go to sleep, you have so much faith that that sun's coming up in the morning, don't you? I said, well, yeah, of course I do. You know, it's, that's how it works. He said, I created the sun. Why wouldn't you have that much faith in me? Don't you think about that? I know that sounds so elementary right now, but guess what? Sometimes I don't care how strong a Christian you are. I don't care if you're St. Don or, or if you're me or if you're a teenager, okay? Sometimes we need to be reminded of the simple things. And the simple fact of the matter is the creator of this universe, if we can trust the sun to come up tomorrow, Why are we not trusting the creator of the sun? I want to close with this. I ain't closed yet. I'm getting there. I said I want to close with this. Do you know there are a lot of Christians that have no clue what the shield of faith looks like? 
I'd be willing to bet there's more Christians that don't know what it looks like than does. Because they've never used it. They don't know what it looks like because they've never used it. They've never had to step out on faith. You can't use this unless you step out in faith. And if you're not stepping out in faith, you're not moving. We talk about this a lot at this church. God is a movement. He's constantly moving. And if you're not moving with him, then you're way behind him. We have to continue to move. If you're sitting still, you're stagnant. It's safe right here, right? You don't need the shield. You know where you are. You know your surroundings. You're comfortable, right? But if you go move forward and you don't know what's out there, it'd be nice to have the shield of faith, right? We have to continue to move with God. If we move with him, he'll put the shield in front of us. But it's your choice to grab it. Take up the shield of faith. He's laid it down at your feet. All you got to do is pick it up and start walking. Don't sit still, guys. If you're sitting still, you're going to get left behind at this church. We looked at a couple of pictures earlier uh, of shields to explain, you know, what a true Roman soldier's shield should look like. I, I want to pull up a couple more shields to explain what a Christian warrior's shield of faith should look like. Nick, if you could pull up the first picture. Who's Marvel fans in here? Dang straight, baby. You notice that's Captain America's shield, don't you? Yeah, you know it, Dustin. Yeah, Dustin, Dustin calls me Captain America. I call him Iron Man. Like, that's just our thing, you know. Because he's like the smart dude, you know, and, and he, he, he gadgets and he does all that. He's so smart. It makes me sick. We were talking about him earlier. Makes the rest of us look dumb. But uh, anyway, so, so, so Captain America, right? Like, this is shield. So this shield, okay, let me use this analogy. This shield is what a regular, uh, safe, boring, cowardly Christian's shield looks like. That's what it looks like. Pull up the next one, Nick. That's what a Christian warrior shield should look like. That sucker needs to look like it's been in battle every day. Every day. I'm tired of watching Christians walk around with clean shields. They're not making a difference whatsoever. They're not building the kingdom. You cannot build God's kingdom if your shield's clean. Y'all feel me? Get out and get your shield dirty. Get it beat up. Let Satan throw all he wants to at you. That's fine. Because you got the shield. And walk in that faith. He will not penetrate. That's a promise. 
My question to you guys in closing, what do you think your shield looks like? I want you to think about that. Did it look like the first one? Did it look like this one? That's what mine used to look like. I don't, I feel like in the last year, your own pastor has gotten comfortable. And I apologize for that. I feel like mine looks like the first one right now. I ain't had any new scars in a long time. I think it happens to the best of us. We get comfortable. We don't fight like we used to. We also think, man, have I, I've done enough. I'm tired. Guys, don't feel like I do. Keep moving forward. I need the reminder from time to time. And it might sound stupid, but as soon as I saw this Marvel shield this morning, I cried like a baby sitting on my couch getting ready for this sermon. Because it hit me. I hadn't been stepping out as much as I need to. So what does your shield look like? I admitted mine. I don't mind. It, it, it's probably kind of like this, except it doesn't have all these scars in the middle. It's maybe one or two. That's it. That's not enough. Each year, you should have 365 scars on that shield. Y'all follow me? 